following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. It's time to break the cycle of waste and mess. Time to stop accepting that the way things have been done are the way they should be done. Control-Alt-Delete everything you thought you knew about how to period. We're flipping the script. We're throwing out the book. We're challenging the period status quo. The Diva Cup is eco-friendly, reusable, and offers up to 12 hours leak-free protection. So what are you waiting for? Join the inner revolution with the Diva Cup. The Diva Cup is used for menstrual flow only. Always read and follow the user guide. The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari, and this is Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action. And we're inviting you to join us every Wednesday in my New York City apartment, where we are brought to you by LifeLock. Equifax recently announced a breach of 143 million identities, and you need to take steps to get protection. Be among the millions who trust their identity theft protection to LifeLock. Go to LifeLock.com, use promo code Forbes for 10% off. And joining me today is Bobby Hawk Jacobs. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice hey, to be here today. Hey, Bob. It's so great that you're here. And I have to tell the story about you. I wanted, oh, yes. to, tell you, I wanted to say your name first <laughs> so people would know that there's a person here. But here's the story. So Joy Bauer was on the show mm-hmm. a few months ago. And she says to me, Denise, you need to meet my friend, Bobby. And she says, you know, you're going to love her. And she says she owns her own company. She's a record promoter. And she does this amazing event every year called Live in the Vineyard. And she's like, it's so amazing. You have to go there. It's in Napa Valley. And you have to go. You love to cook. And you know all of this. And so you have to meet her. You have to go. And so I ask. And she's like, it's in November. So you'll be able to go this year. So I ask the logical question. How much are the tickets? And she's like, oh, you can't get a ticket. You have to win the ticket. And I'm like, yep. Okay, wait, like, I can't buy a ticket? She's like, no, you can't buy a ticket. You have to win the ticket. You have to get lucky. So, so I'm thinking, I don't know which is easier, being luckier, but I love the idea. I loved it. And I was like, I love this. So she's like, okay, I'm going to introduce you to Bobby. Bobby, we talk on the phone. We have this instant, mm. instant connection. Mm-hmm. And you're in New York today. You live in Colorado. You're here in New York. Yes. And you stopped over for coffee, even though I asked you if you wanted some scallops <laughs> at you know whatever time it is in the morning. <laughs> And here we are recording the podcast. Yes. And so I want to get into all of the things you're doing, why you do them. And it's really, you know, more about who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. the, the, those are the mm-hmm. things you really want to do a deep dive into. So I'll kick it off with my mentoring moment, which really came to me, as many do just this morning, mm-hmm. but in the shower. Um, because <laughs> me I, too. You too. All my go. great ideas come <laughs> from the shower, which is kind of interesting. But I, there's like, there is research that says there's a reason for that, right? But it, they really do. Because I'll think, what was, you know, I've told like 60, 80, I don't know how many mentoring moments mm-hmm. I've told so far. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think I'm going to run out mm-hmm. of mentoring moments. Um, but you never do because if you just listen and think, they're, they're always mm-hmm. there. We're always learning. So I was talking to a young woman a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and she's talking about leaving her job. And this is like back in July. And so she says, you know, by December 31st, I'm out of there. And I said, well, that's fine for December 31st, but it's July. Why wait till December 31st? And she said, well, because it seems like a good time. It's the end of the year. And so I said, would you want to leave sooner? And she said, yeah, but 
and I said, so you're procrastinating. Does that give you more time? What is the reason that you're waiting till December 31st? Mm -hmm. She said, well, it just seems like a logical time. That's a marker in time. Mm -hmm. So I thought, why do we do that to ourselves? Mm -hmm. It's like we put these markers in time that really aren't meaningful. So I said to her, why I'm going to make a new marker in time for you. Mm -hmm. It's Halloween. Okay. <laughs> or pick a different <laughs> holiday, make it Easter, if, you know, whatever it is, make no holiday out of it. Just make it. But if you want to pick a holiday, it's because Halloween is fun. You could go and get dressed up. You could be who you are. And so I was thinking about how we sometimes put ourselves in these boxes based on things that make absolutely no sense, but they're just ingrained in our heads. It's like a fresh start. You quit in this. I always find this interesting too. You quit in December and you start in January, right? I'm going to start a new job in January. I'm going to quit in December. Mm -hmm. So that's my mentoring moment for everyone, which is a, a way of saying mm -hmm. when you want to do something, don't let those things that get stuck in our heads mm -hmm. keep us where we're at from doing the things we want to do. And sometimes it's a good excuse, right? It's a good way to fall back on. It's safe. Excuse. It's safe. Yes. A lot of people are safe. And that's definitely something I'm not. Um, once you get to know me and from where I come from, I kind of come from that safe zone of being born and raised in Iowa. And so when you asked me about the mentoring moment, when I was thinking about it, there's so many, like you said, and to, to pull from. And I really think that there is um, something that happened in my career, but that always, but it also relates back to when I was a child. And so as far as my career moment, like one of the, the, the just stands out. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Jason Flom and, um, he was putting together a, a record label called, you know, lava records. And he, you know, interviewed a bunch of people, you know, we were in, you know, we were in New York. He flew me into New York for the first time in my career. I was like 24 years old and he sits down and he goes, why should I hire you? You know, you're a, I'm hiring a rookie. I'm, I'm interviewing all these other people for, you know, for this job. And this is a big job. And, and I'm starting the, you know, this label. And I, I looked, I looked across and I've never that at that point in my career, I was, you know, what, four years into my career. And I leaned over and I said, why should you hire me? Why shouldn't you hire me? I don't even have a plant. I, I don't even have a pet. I will kill for you. I will do whatever you need me to do. I am the one for the job and you're going to hire me. It came out of my, I mean, I, I, because all these people that were interviewing were more qualified than me. They were older than me. And I, and all these that came out of my body and I'm, I'm mortified, but then I'm kind of like, Ooh, that was kind of ballsy. Even though I didn't even really know what ballsy meant at the time in my career. And then it related back to my whole childhood of my dad and my mom always telling me that I could do anything I wanted to do if you really set your mind to it. And you hear that all the time in life. You hear that follow your dream or you can do anything. And I really think that your whole life is, I wish I knew, I wish I could, um, be my age now, but like you learn so much, like here I am at 48 years old and I, and there's so many things in my life that you relate to that your parents talked to you about when you were a kid or things happened along the way. You're like, Oh, I wish I would have known that and embraced it. You know, when you were younger for sure. A and so with my parents, though, I was raised with older parents. My dad was 20 years older than my mom. So when I was born, he was 52 years old. He was a World War II veteran and very small from a very small town in Iowa. And I was his, you know, we were his second family. 
And so my whole life, I had these weird, quirky things happening with me on the, you know, around the dinner table or around, um, or I'd go on sales calls with him and he would be like, Roberta Lynn, you need to sit here and you need to be seen and not heard and listen to me. And I'm going to teach you about relationships. You always you, you know, it, it's about loyalty and it's about relationships and about, it's about the handshake and look, pe- looking people in the eye and really trusting yourself. And those were things that he taught, he said over and over again. And I really would kind of like, okay, yeah, dad, like I'm like five years older, I'm seven or 10 or whatever. And then all of a sudden, everything in my life now relates back to those things that he ingrained in me because if he wouldn't have said you can do anything you want i mean i went from iowa to los angeles not having not knowing one person and created a career started from the ground up in my career and now 25 years later i'm a ceo of of a, of a company i own and and i'm a third generation entrepreneur my grandparents my grandfather was an entrepreneur my father was an entrepreneur and now i'm an entrepreneur so it's just i i would say that that's a standout mentoring moment it's not it's a series of moments but it really is impactful of of really people being in your life and and believing in you and setting that that foundation in your life and have you had people who have come in though that have knocked you down as well? Because I have that. My parents were always, you know, you're wonderful, you're beautiful, you can be anything. Yes. And then I've had others mm, who absolutely. put as Libby Moore, who has been on the show, calls it their crap on you, yes. right? Because their fears or whatever, and they transfer them to mm-hmm. you and they tell you why you can't do it. And I used to get caught up in that. I used to believe them mm-hmm. more than I would believe me. And I've told the story mm-hmm. that I was in my 20s and my um, I was dating the guy, this guy and we break up and I'm just devastated and I call my parents and my mom and dad are on the phone and my dad, my mm-hmm. mom, I said, I have no confidence. And my mother says to my dad, honey, give her self-confidence. And my dad's like, I wish I could, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Um, so, but I would let my own, ins- or, or the things I would see, I would, I would play games in my own head to bring me down. And whenever somebody would say anything negative, I would just latch on to that versus latching on to the positive. I still do that a little, right? I'm always mm-hmm. like, so how can I do that better? And that's different if I'm doing it with how can I do that better, mm-hmm. not looking for the, did you like that? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times my question, how can you do that better, really means, what did you think of that? Well, exactly. And a lot of times with, with women, you know, there's so many insecurities, um, that you have and you go through when you grow up, you go through those awkward moments and, you know, and things like that, whether you, the way you look and the way you act and where you grew up and where you live and things like that. And so with me, uh, I would say something that was really, really impactful that, and that been really, truly impactful in my life that when I was in seventh and eighth grade, I was bullied. Like I was bullied. I mean, bad, like choked, Choked, strangled, thrown in the showers. Oh my God! Um, kicked. And this um, was you're 48 uh, now, so this wasn't just yesterday. I mean, this no. wasn't recent. This, and this is... and I lived in this tiny little community that um, nobody. I mean, I I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anybody. Well, I didn't tell anybody because they were all involved with it. <laughs> because I lived in this small little community, and this happened for two years, and it would only happen during gym class, and it would only and they you know the lights would be flipped off, and they would these girls would just beat the crap out of me, and I was so scared that I didn't know I was parent. I mean, I mean, just frozen in my in myself, and but. But luckily, and I honestly don't know why, maybe because I'm such a strong person, but you actually, um, like, 
like I got through it. I, I went home at night and I did my homework and I, my grades didn't slip. And, um, but I didn't understand why my friends didn't stand up for me, but they were scared. We were 12 years old and there was nowhere to go to. There was no one to talk to. And this went on for two years. And I was like, what do I do? My parents, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to do. And so then, um, it was the end of the school year, my eighth grade. And I thought to myself, how am I going to get, how am I going to go to high school with these people? Like what is going to happen? I'm in the middle of nowhere. I live in the middle of nowhere. And there's the, the only school that's the closest is 35 miles away. And so I was standing in my parents' bedroom the last day of school. I came home from school and a note fell out of my, a, a, a hate note, like a really horrible note, like notes that happen on Facebook today that were, I mean, that are just terrible. And it fell out of my notebook and, and I went, I went to grab to pick it up and my mom grabbed it. She grabbed it and she's like, what's this? And she read it and she starts crying and she goes, oh my God. And I went, yeah, this is, this has been happening. I thought that they'd kill you. Like they threatened to kill my parents if I told them. So this went up for two years. My parents were like, what? My mom got on the phone. My dad came home. We sat down and I cried and cried and cried and cried tears and tears and tears for, for a long time. And then they said, oh, you're going to transfer schools. Then like three days later, we drove 35 miles to school, to the school in, in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I met with the principal and he just started ironically. So new school for the principal. And then I was like entering high school and my parents said, this is what happened to her. We want her to go to this school. And my parents drove me. I drove 35 miles each way to school for my entire high school career. And everyone was nice and there was no bullying and there was no, no one knew what bullying was back then. Right. And then, so what happened based on for me in that experience, I was, I, it, it was a miracle that my parents were supportive of me. Um, and then I was a very strong person, but what's, what was, what's most important is how that shapes me today is I'm the underdog. Like I go for it. Like when I, when I see people, I gravitate to people that work hard. I gravitate to people that are the road less traveled. You know, I gravitate right. to the people that are not necessarily were bullied. I don't put a sign on my head right. that I'm bullied, but you know, when it, when it, it really affects you as an adult and then now having children about how important it is to fight for what you believe in and, and really try to also now, especially in society today, be open about bullying, be open about and being aware of it as a parent, because my parents, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're caught up in your life. And back then you don't, you don't talk about any of that back then, you know, anything negative or therapy or, you know, any of that. Right. So, I mean, I think that that is a, is a moment that shaped my life and thank God you know, I ended up being okay, but my parents were very supportive. And I, I want to, the two things for sure I want to say. One is, as a parent and everyone listening, you may be a millennial now, you may not be a parent, mm -hmm. you may never be a parent, but if you are a parent and you may have had your own experiences, not you know, being a child and being bullied, but as a parent, it's not uncommon that your kids are bullied and you do not know. I went through that with my daughter and then I found out later that she wasn't the only one, not just in that school, just on a broad mm. range, right? Because I used to work with girls who were tweens, so that 8 to 14-year-old. Mm. And almost all of them had a story. And even the most popular girls would mm. tell this story. They didn't like being mean, but that was survival. So they had to pick one of the two, mm -hmm. surviving 
and being at the top of the food chain or being the hyena in Lion King. And they didn't want to be the hyena in Lion King. And so they chose to be the mean girl, but they didn't feel good. about. And I'm not saying this is for all girls, mm-hmm. right? But they didn't feel good about themselves. But in their own heads, it was like, this is how we get through. And as a parent, when my daughter was bullied, I didn't see it, right? And it's not that you're oblivious and you're not mm-hmm. paying attention. I think part of it is you don't even want to go. And we weren't talking about bullying like we are now. Mm-hmm. My daughter's 24. Mm-hmm. Um, it just started. We were just starting to talk about Mean Girls. The movie came out just as she was at that mm-hmm. age, right? So it was all a new conversation. Mm-hmm. And and you don't see it. And I think part of it was I was I wanted to put my head in the sand probably, right, and not even think about it. And then when you look back and you're just like, holy cow, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was there. And Mm -hmm. how did I not see it? And she wouldn't talk about it um, because it's embarrassing, right? I mean, you Mm -hmm. don't want to be that girl who's bullied. So I share that with people who will be parents, are parents. Mm -hmm. It's something to really be aware of and look out for. The other thing is, Bobby, as you were telling the story about being younger, you got Mm teary-eyed and that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. What is it that brought that emotion to you that, oh, Hmm. That's a good question. Right. So I think it um, it's really weird. Like if you were to say, would you do it all over again? <laughs> Probably. I, I, right. I just don't I don't necessarily regret. I mean, I, I, it sucks what happened. I mean, it's you know, it happened, but that's life. And I really believe that that was my that was my chapter. That was my life that that paved me to the person that I am today. And I think I'm I can help people. I, I'm really about helping people and, and I'm very giving and I'm very loyal. I'm all about loyalty and I'm all about just like working. I think it just shaped me. And, and I got really teary eyed because it, you, it's, it, it, it doesn't put me back there, but what was really sad about, about, about how my parents, they were mortified. Like they were just like, why didn't you tell us earlier? Like they, I was more upset at the fact that they were so upset than because I survived, I got through it. And, but then it really, it's, it's really about society and the way people, um, want to hide behind things and, or, 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 or really not, or not, or are not equipped to get through things or face their fears. And the, what's really interesting is that the girls that, now, because of Facebook and Instagram and everything, um, I'm in. T- I mean, people are in touch with me. Like I can Facebook the person that bullied me, which is really kind of strange. Um, not that I did, but she did apologize when Facebook came out. She found me and apologized, wow. and was mortified and at, at 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 her actions. And she asked me for forgiveness, and I said yes. But what was even more sad to me that was not that was a good moment but what was sad is that this happened to other people and they weren't equipped and um and that makes me like that's just like oh my god they didn't have the parents that were supportive or it maybe went on for a lot longer but was what was really interesting is that in talking to some of the people which now i don't talk about it with those people anymore um we're all adults and moms and you know have families and everything but what's really interesting is that the the girls that never helped um, those people, um, have shared with me a few years ago, like well, eight years ago, 10 years ago, whenever Facebook started, um, that they regretted not helping me. Like it, it literally has affected their life, um, about never helping. And so I think that, I mean, it's just like the fact of being right there. Like I, if I see someone fall down, like when I was a kid, I would pick them back right. up and my kids do that. 
Like I'm around people that do that. And that's, I think, what's so important about that part of my life that, you know, you pick up you you pick up your friends, you pick them up you with your, whether it's a client, a friend, an acquaintance, someone on an airplane or in an airport, wh- whatever it is, a complete stranger, you help them, right. you know, whether it's a physical, you know, helping them up or, or you see that they're upset and, and I, it shapes who I am. And my kids, my kids are very aware of that as well. Which is great. And mm-hmm. my daughter is very much that person too, right? Mm-hmm. She will help Everyone. She spent mm-hmm. six months in Nepal volunteering at an orphanage, six months Amazing. in India volunteering at a boarding school for the untouchables. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she's ever been happier than those mm-hmm. than that year, you know, living with bucket showers and mm-hmm. lizards in her room. <laughs> and she, you know, she texts me one night, there's a four inch flying cockroach. And I'm like, okay. And, and she's like, and I don't understand why, mom, because I thought the lizards in my, I have seven lizards in my room. I thought they would have eaten the cockroach. And I'm like, you have what in your room? <laughs> And this is the girl that was afraid of a spider when she was here, right? Um, Jerry Seinfeld tells the joke all the time. He doesn't understand women. We get our legs waxed and (laughs) people pull the hair out from our roots on our legs. (laughs) And and we're fine, but we see a spider and we're like screaming. And that was one of those moments. So before we continue the conversation with Bobby Jacobs, let's talk about our identities. So you've probably heard about the Equifax breach and how it may have impacted approximately 143 million people. That's a whole lot of people. But do you realize that these hackers made off with the information that identity thieves need to impersonate you? Like your name, your social security number, your birth date, and your address. And this information can be used to open credit cards, loans, even apply for a mortgage in your name. And I don't know about you, but having just one of me, that's kind of enough in the world. Having one Denise Rastari, I can work with that. So now is the time to get protection so that there is only one of you and sign up for LifeLock today. They use proprietary technology to detect a wide range of identity thefts, and they will alert you if your information is being used. And if there is a problem, a U.S.-based identity restoration specialist will work to fix it. You know, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help you see more than if you're just monitoring your credit. So here's a cool deal. Go to lifelock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use promo code Forbes, that's Forbes, for 10% off your LifeLock membership. Visit lifelock.com and save 10% now. Hey guys, it's Jack Vanek from The Lady Gang. And if you haven't heard of our podcast, you are missing out. And this month we are doing this series called Lady Gang Your Life we're having experts from every field come on and they're giving their expert opinion on everything from social media to skin to hormone health. I think you guys are going to love it. So grab a mimosa and come hang out with us every Tuesday on podcastone.com, the podcast one app and Apple podcasts. This is mentoring moments with Denise Rostari. So I want to get into live in the vineyard. Mm, exactly. I, how, I want to know how you came up with the idea to combine food and music and wine mm-hmm. and do it in the heart of Napa. Well, well, live in the vineyard is the most amazing, uh, amazing events, which and I've heard not just from you. I've heard this from a lot of people. Yes. Yes. And it was, it was really, it was created completely out of passion for, for artists and in a write-off on wine with your taxes, I guess you could say that. Right. <laughs> and so basically it was created because in promoting music, 
um, artists don't have that platform like they used to to get their new music out um, out to the masses. And, and, and so it was created as a different way of getting music out there. And so um, basically... I was working a project um, with Jason Mraz, um, an artist by the name of Jason Mraz, and the record was being worked, and it was this amazing record, and it was struggling, you know, it was just like, it wasn't over that hump yet, and so I said, oh my gosh, I had the, did, did this amazing experience in, in um, Chalk Hill Winery in Sonoma at the time with my husband. It was a beautiful, beautiful presentation of a chef was there, and a master sommelier at the time was there, and this is, you know, 10 years ago. So that back then, like the present, everything was just perfect. And I said, we have to do an event in Napa and let's do music, food and wine, because here we are doing this amazing foodie experience, but it was this quiet room with white club service with no music. And so then I said, oh my gosh, this is, we have to do this. And so we called up Jason Mraz's record label executive. Um, and we called up his manager and said, we want to do an event with Jason Mraz. We want to promote, do this event in Napa. We want it to be music, food, and wine. We want him to be the headlining artist. And they said, Napa? Done. And then it was July thir- July 20th, is that, and back in March, this is like in March, they said the only date he has is July 20th. I said, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. And so then we did this, we concocted this crazy um, event. We called radio stations up. We said, let's do this promotion. And it was called a girlfriend getaway because we didn't have a name for the company. It was, no, there, it was not live in the venue. It was a girlfriend getaway to Napa. And then all of a sudden we called Matt Nathanson. We were working a record by the name of Matt, you know, with Matt Nathanson. And then this other um, girl named Tristan Prettyman and then this artist named Dave Barnes. And then all of a sudden we have a promotion where the whole West Coast we tied into and then the hook of the song was played in the commercials. So the artist got the exposure. It was a really it was a handcrafted, you know, created promotion. And then all of a sudden it happened and people are crying and the artists are like it's all acoustic. So artists are telling stories on stage and they're interacting with the crowd, but it's not contrived. It's so real. It's passionate. And so all of a sudden after the event, we received letters and flowers and, and like these heartfelt cards and we weren't even going to do another one. It was just going to be one and done. And this is great. And then all of a sudden it, it my phone started ringing and well, when are you going to do another one? And I went, uh, I didn't think we were. And so then next thing I know we have Colby Calais and Sarah McLaughlin and D- Gavin DeGraw and all these record labels said, we want to put our artists on the bill because this is a perfect way to get their music out. And it's, it's, it's like you're in your living room. So everything then was started to be crafted together for the next event. So we went from one winery, one and four artists and like 16 radio stations for the first event. The second event was 10 artists and then 20 wineries. And then, you know, next thing we know, and then like, it was like, I think 50 radio stations. And then now flashing forward, we were doing our 19th event this year. Oh, well, I didn't realize it was 19. 19 oh, my events. God. We had over, I believe, 400 artists, and we're on over 350 radio stations promoted in the country, and we have 150 winery partners. So all the, but hand-picked, and, and with that, like, TLC, you know, with that really uh, great, you know, touch point. And I didn't know this story, so this wasn't a setup, but I love, one thing I love about this story mm-hmm. is 
that you started off with this really simple little idea. Yes. And as I say, my life has been getting on a train and going up a track. I used Mm -hmm. to say going down a track, but then it's kind of like, well, I don't know if I went down a track. (laughs) I kind of went up a track. So it was like, and you get Mm -hmm. on and you find, how do you keep growing it and building it? Mm -hmm. And was Mm -hmm. that because you were passionate about it that you were just like, you just couldn't stop? Yes. I, I, it worked and it, and it, it worked without it being thought through without it being, Oh, we're a plus B equals C. It just flowed. And, and the big, um, the the big piece of it was that the music was, was picked by the current releases. And so all of the artists wanted to do this event, um, in the sense of they wanted their music to be, you know, a different form of promoting their music to getting out there to the masses. And then the people that are at the event are winners. And then we started getting sponsors and then we started, you know, growing the event. But really every sponsor that we've um, gotten involved with was a phone call, like cold calling the people that the brands that we love and cold calling, you know, the artists, you know, and the management companies and the record labels and really figuring out like a roadmap of what we love and then just keep growing it and growing it and growing it. So one of the things when I'm talking with young women in mentoring is I say this all the time. And I grew up in the generations of you have 10 year plans then, right? I mean, this sounds crazy. Now (laughs) we would have a 10 year business plan, but it's like, you don't always need a plan. Okay. You don't, sometimes you do. You know, mm-hmm. if you're trying to raise money, mm-hmm. I understand. A VC, I'm a planner, but I, right. I agree with you. I, you don't right. really need a plan though, to yes. just start a business. <laughs> exactly. You just need a good idea and something you're passionate mm-hmm. about because you don't know what it's going to evolve. So, you know, if mm-hmm. someone were to have said to you 19 years ago, Bobby, in 19 years, you're going to have 150 wineries, vineyards in here. You're going to have, you know, actually yeah. you're going to have all these big names. You're going to have this. It would have been like, you can't even come up with that because you don't know where it's going. Exactly. And so, and I think that's one of the things sometimes you need the plan, got that. But Mm -hmm. other times, and sometimes it's just trying something out. You don't need to quit your job. Mm -hmm. You could do it. You didn't have to quit your job to do mm-hmm. this, you're doing it as part of you were doing it really mm-hmm. to enhance what you mm-hmm. were doing. Exactly. Uh, but other times it could be something totally different. Exactly. Sometimes you just jump in. And I think for so many young women are so afraid mm-hmm. of not being successful yes. and they get stuck in not, in the not jumping in, which mm-hmm. goes back to the Halloween, right? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to wait till December 31st. Exactly. If you want to do it, pick a day, make, make up your own holiday for God's sake. I don't care what mm-hmm. you do, but exactly. just keep moving and keep doing. And Absolutely. don't worry about if it's successful. As long as you're doing something that you make money, whatever you need mm-hmm. to do to sustain yourself, to live the life that you want to live, yes. um, take care of your kids, whatever it is mm-hmm. that your responsibilities are. Yes. It, so you have all these things going on, right? But well, let me go back to um, Live in the Vineyard again. So this year it's November 3rd through 5th. Yes. In Napa. Mm-hmm. In Napa. And people can still enter to win? You can still enter to win if you go to liveinthevineyard.com. Okay. So Mm -hmm. liveinthevineyard.com, enter to win. I'm entering to win. I'm crossing my... So this is where you have to cross your fingers and cross your toes. (laughs) It's like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. I think this is great. I I love it. Because it also democratizes Mm -hmm. people being able Mm -hmm. to attend. Because so many things are for the celebrities, for the rich, the famous, the people who can afford the Mm $10,000 tickets. And this brings people in Mm -hmm. from all walks of life, which I just love. It is. And it's amazing because you're, it's only 850 total people. Right. And so you're literally, it could be the president of some corporation that's one of our sponsors standing next to the El Paso 
contest winner and they all of a sudden are looking at the going oh my gosh like and they're excited and they're jumping up and down dancing next to this and, and everyone is it's like this bunch of love it's a lot of love everyone's hugging and 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 friendships are made and and business is done and, and, and sure artists are happy changed, Every, right? because you're meeting yes. people and mm-hmm. you're experiencing things that you just can't mm-hmm. normally experience yes. because mm-hmm. the tickets are always ten thousand dollars which is why i said you know what's the price of the ticket for this because i thought it was gonna be like it's ten thousand dollars i was gonna say okay i just can't afford that but mm-hmm. joy have a great time exactly, exactly. <laughs> have a great time so you're you have your own company you part of that is live in the vineyard mm-hmm. you're a mom mm-hmm. you're a wife yes do you get exhausted yes <laughs> <laughs> yes I get exhausted and but I have this really I, I I'm definitely a very energetic person um and I really do, yes, <laughs> I couldn't tell exactly you too <laughs> right uh, and so and I only do drink one cup of coffee a day right um, which is normally at four o'clock in the morning and so, you normally don't drink during the week and I don't try not to drink during the week even though I love wine and um and so no I mean it's like it's a balance and I'm all yes I'm exhausted a lot but I try not to and everybody gets caught up in the, oh, how are you doing? I'm exhausted. I don't want to say that. I don't, I'm trying to get away from that now. And because it's like kind of a a term that people use all the time or, oh, I'm so tired or I'm exhausted or I'm so busy. Everyone is right. It's not like I'm any different than anybody else. And so, but my kid, it's a routine that we have, you know, with the kids and, and the kids and my husband, um, Gabriel is my oldest son. Grady is my youngest and Steve is my husband. And they're so supportive of me. That makes me want to push forward even more and they don't grind on me or make me feel bad about being gone. I try not to be gone as often, you know, I really, really try to, you know, curtail my travel and, and really try to get them involved. And now that they're getting a little older with my kids, they, they love music. My older son is taking guitar. They love it. They listen to the radio. They listen to music. They're like, mom, check out this band. Or I just heard you on the radio. That's amazing. And so it's really, it it kind of makes me go, oh, okay. Exhausted is okay. I can just push through. Is there some special drink you drink, like some health drink? Um, I like to juice sometimes. Right. Um, nobody likes to juice in the family except me. My everyone thinks it's disgusting, but I love juicing. Um, but really, honestly, I drink. I, I know this. I drink. I carry around this mason jar, and it's strawberries and mint water. Oh, I love and, that. And I try to drink as much water as I can, even though I really don't like drinking water. So I make it. I fruity. I make fruity. Right. I do fruity it with water. lemons a lot. And, <laughs> exactly. And, and mint. And I never did the mint and strawberry. That's a great it's idea. It's really, really good. So. Okay, so we've talked about the things that we want to do in life, and mm-hmm. let's talk about the things we're done with. So let's go into, I'm done with that. Oh, I and, yes. And I'll kick it off so you can think about yours. Yes. So I'm done with thinking that every conversation has to be important relating to business, and I'll explain that, okay? So, so often, you know, people will say, let's get together. And my mind used to always be, but how is she going to enhance what I do for work? Mm-hmm. And I don't have time, right? It's not that I don't value, it's not that I don't think she's important, but every, my time was allotted to, mm-hmm. does it enhance my work? Mm-hmm. And lately I've been looking at that and saying, well, I'm going to go out with so-and-so for a drink or a cocktail. And those have been some of the best some of the best moments I've spent Mm -hmm. and some of the best business ideas have come out of that for me without that ever being the intent. So I think 
so often. That's how I met Libby Moore, who has been on the show, and she's she was Oprah's chief of staff for 11 years. And we were introduced by a friend who said, you guys have to meet each other. Neither one of us Googled each other. We didn't come to the table with anything. She wasn't, when we met, she left, she had she was no longer with Oprah. Mm-hmm. She was on the Libby Moore gypsy tour, taking a break from everything and really mm-hmm. traveling the world and doing the things she hadn't done, visiting her sister, mm-hmm. the kids, you know, all the things mm-hmm. that life, the business kept Mm -hmm. her so busy and we became great friends because they're very dear friends because she is we 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 met each other eye to eye Mm -hmm. heart to heart with no intention Mm -hmm. so I'm really trying to do that to realize that I I really want to get out of the is that good for the podcast is that good for mentoring moments will that you know because I don't have time to do anything else Mm -hmm. but I want to make time to do those other things Mm -hmm. because I leave more feeling more creative I I, you know you walk with this like snap in your face I, I just so that's my thing Every conversation doesn't have to be just because you're going to make my business better. I, I, and you know what, that's great because it's true. People, so many things spawn from and, and, you know, go through with the, the connection. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I had the greatest moment with whether it's your neighbors or meeting somebody on an airplane and just that connection. So I, I completely agree upon that. It's funny. Um, the the thing that comes to mind for me is I'm done with questioning myself um, because I want to make that right decision because now I have a I have a team of people like I have a staff I have a full staff that uh, this amazing family that we've you know that we've created and so I'm done questioning myself about the the things that absolutely really don't mean much of anything except for me wanting to just do good, you know, being the CEO, I want to make the right decision for everyone because I want everybody to be, um, happy with that decision when not everyone's going to be happy with any decision that anyone makes. And so, but I'm done questioning myself about making that right decision because I'm so hard on myself anyway, that I will, that I know that I just need to let that go, go with my gut because honestly, my gut has been right 99% of the time. It's really a big struggle mm-hmm. to quit questioning ourselves. Mm-hmm. So give me an example. How do you not question yourself? Or give me an example of something you're doing. Like, um, and, and As far as it can be, like right now, I'm in the midst of, um, we have, there's a, Leontville Live is is a music festival that is spawned from Live in the Vineyard, and it's a publicly ticketed festival. And right now, I'm laying out the entertainment, the artists for that you know event, and the chefs for that event. And that's in the spring, it's right? It's in the spring. It's in March. And so basically, I'm trying to do I go with this vibe of music? Do I go with this vibe of music and then how it's all going to fit together? And I keep you know, going in my heart, in my gut, I want to do this particular, you know, style. And then everyone else, the easy road <laughs> is, is literally going, Oh, these artists are available. Book it done. It falls within the budget. Great. We're, we're walking away. Tickets can go on sale and we'll be fine. I don't want to go. And I'm like, I don't, not that I, that, not that that wouldn't be a good decision, but I don't feel that that's the right decision. I think I need to go with a different plan and I keep going back to that. And it's been going on for a few weeks now. And so, and like Denise, 
Denise Carberry, um, who is who is our, here with us our, today. Yes, who is here with us today. Guys, who is sitting on um, the sofa. She's like, Bobby, you're being too hard on yourself. You're so smart at what you do. You're great at what you do. This is what you do. Go with your guts. Okay, so Denise, I'm going to call you more often. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm getting ready to pull the trigger on, on something um, that's going to be fantastic. But it's so hard to, you know, I, I had a company called Alley Cats, and this was a safe social networking site for young girls, and we started to do events, and we started to do events. I brought in a team of people who produced events, mm-hmm. and everybody had great intention. No one, I'm not saying anybody had an intention to not make this work, mm-hmm. but I kept giving my power to them because I thought they knew more than I did, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody was with teen people at one time. And so it was like, Mm -hmm. well, she's worked with teens. I've not, she's worked in the media Mm -hmm. world with Mm -hmm. teens. I haven't, I was at USA Today. I wasn't Mm -hmm. working with teens. And so I would give up my power to everyone else. And it became this like mix of crazy, not, not that she was crazy. I mean, but the mix yes. of the project Everyone's was crazy. Opinion. Right. This, yeah. Right. She wasn't crazy, but the project became mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. because it was a little bit of this person or a little bit of that person. And I never took the time to step back and say, that's great input. Now, what do I want to do? Right. Yes. That's where I failed at that. It was like, that's great input. We'll do that. That's great input. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I should have said, look at the big picture. And this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And when I was at USA Today, this is in the very day, beginning days of let's have teams. Let's work as teams. Let's get everybody to buy in, right? Mm-hmm. So we would have this meeting after meetings of everybody agreeing to do something. And mm-hmm. a consultant, it was Stephen Covey that came in and he said, this is not a democracy. Mm-hmm. This is a corporation somebody around here needs to make a decision mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we were, and it's great to hear everything. Exactly. It is. The other thing that I learned is, and having a meeting because we all come in with our own agendas, good or bad, mm-hmm. right? It's like whatever there might, you might be saying, okay, I want to plan an event on the East coast. And somebody on your team may be thinking, Oh my God, I don't want to do that. I have kids. I live on the West coast. That means I have to be gone. Mm-hmm. It's not even about it. It's just subconsciously, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want, I'm going to convince her not to do that because mm-hmm. I just can't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think so often that it's, so we would do the meetings and I would say to the, everyone in the meeting, check your agenda. Let's all discuss what is your agenda Mm -hmm. and let's get it out there. So as you're saying something, you can catch yourself or we can catch you Mm -hmm. so we can make the best business decisions because we all have our own agendas and they can be great. Um, but we all come to the table with baggage and agendas. That is totally, that is 100% true. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. yes. So I, and I think that's really important for a lot of young women are struggling Mm -hmm. um, with, with really saying, this is what I want Mm -hmm. and going down the road of, well, you know, I don't know enough. I haven't been here long Mm -hmm. enough. And there is something true to that. I mean, there, there is a learning process that goes on. Absolutely. And I wanted to share a story. There's, um, a girl in my life that is a woman, a young woman in my life that, um, I've been, we've been friends for like over 10 years now. And a few years ago, she came to me uh, during the holidays and she was in tears and she said, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm in a bad relationship and I, I'm a mess. I, and she's beautiful and amazing and intelligent. And I sat there and listened to her and I said, well, what are you going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm going to break up with this person and I'm going to, I, I really, I just, I'm at a loss. And I said, well, what do you, if, if you had one dream what would it be? Because I know what you've told me for the last 10 years of what you want to do. And she goes, well, I, I want to be a fashion blogger. 
And I said, well, then you will be. And she goes, what do you mean? I don't have any money. I said, you don't need, you need, you don't need the money to start being a fashion blogger. You need to make the commitment that that is what you want to do because you will probably be the best fashion blogger ever, but you have to give yourself some, some time to create that. So success wasn't created overnight. So then sure enough, she left my house and she came up with all these ideas and we talked on the phone a few times and within six months she was uh, well within three months she was up she had a name for the the company she started basically working a couple jobs on the side to have free time she we had I helped her get a photographer and then she started basically getting clothes and you know working on this whole idea in her head that she put finally put on paper and now three years later she's I think the number one fashion blogger in Denver Oh, that is great. But but she needed that, that she was struggling for years and she's amazing. But it was like, that's one example of, of, you know, somebody that you're just stuck. You feel like you're stuck, but you're really not. You just need to be kind of pushed. (laughs) And and as you were saying too about, I get stuck with thinking I'm not ready because it's not, I I don't know if it's going to be successful. So as you, as I showed you, I have these big books. I don't, I don't write on any small tablets because I'm very visual. So I have these big artist tablets that I write on and I will start drawing out everything. Mm -hmm. And I do things in circles and squares and I'll start mapping things out. And if I can't get to that, I figured it out. I get stuck versus just the advice I just gave, mm-hmm. just get on the train. Mm-hmm. And my whole life has been that getting on the train and going up the track. Mm-hmm. But lately you play, you play head games, right? Yes. And it's like, Oh, I don't know if this will work. I don't know. And it's that having somebody just, just do it. Just what is the word? And I say this all the time. So it, it, I say this because it even in my own head, right? Mm-hmm. So I can give you all the advice in the world, but we're human. And exactly. it still comes back to in my own head. It's like getting stuck. And that's where we have to help each other to get unstuck Absolutely. and to do what you just did and support somebody and say, you know, just do it. I mean, just, you're going to be it. You want to be it? You can be it. And you yes. don't need money. A lot of times we get stuck in that, whether it's the date, we mm-hmm. need money. Exactly. You know, it's, it's like having a kid. There is no idea. And there's never a perfect time. (laughs) Ever a perfect time, right? (laughs) You're never going to have enough money. Yes. You're never going to have enough free time. That is true. You're never going to have enough education. Mm -hmm. You're never going to have the right job before you have that kid. And why do we think we have to have all of those things? That's where we have a child. My husband and I had that conversation before we got pregnant with our first son. And, and he's like, what are we waiting for? We're not getting any younger. I'm like, well, you're, you don't have to worry. You're you're a guy. (laughs) I do. And so then we just kind of threw it all out there. And that's kind of about life. I mean, I think you just have to just let go, just let go, let God, you know, just move forward, go ahead and just, and just, just trudge through. And sometimes it might be painful. Um, but, but most of the time it's probably going to be the right decision because it's better than being stuck. Right. And I, I tell you, I'm 63 and now I'm looking at life and I don't plan, I'm not planning on going anywhere. I'm healthy. Everything is yeah. great in my life, but there are only a certain amount of years that you have left. I mean, even if I live to be a hundred, I still only have 35 years left versus when I was 30 and I had 65 years left to do what I want to do. Right. So there is a reality. This is not pessimistic. There is a reality and it's making me make decisions differently, Mm -hmm. not in the running out of time, but in the opposite of what is most important to me. It's like, I only want to do the things now that are the most important Mm -hmm. to me because I want to get as many of those in 
that Absolutely. I possibly can. And so it's on a positive note. And it's very, it, it makes me happy because mm-hmm. I'm now doing the things that when I was younger, it was like, oh, I can do that because I have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. I could do that. And now I'm like saying, okay, mm-hmm. I want to do this because it makes me happy. It brings Absolutely. me joy. Absolutely. Yes. So we're going to go to takeaways and I've crowdsourced questions from our listeners. And the one big one that for you, because people, I guess, Googled you, it was, <laughs> it was, and it goes back to being so busy, but being basically in the entertainment world mm-hmm. and you live in Colorado. Yes. <laughs> and as we all know, there's not, there's not a big entertainment world in Colorado. Yeah. So how do you feel, how do you deal with FOMO, with the fear of missing out? That's a really, that's a great question. Um, it's funny because I, I have a very full life and, but I, when I was younger, I definitely had that, you know, in a bad, you know, in a, in a really big way because you're sitting there going, Oh, I'm in, I'm here, here I am. And all these things are going on in the world. And actually right now I'm dealing with something similar where I'm invited to go to this album release party of this unbelievable A-list artist. Uh, and then I'm also invited to do this other experience as well with this other A-list artist, and it's the same day. So for me, it's always feast or famine. And so you just have to go, okay, I'm just going to throw it up, mm-hmm. and I'm going to like- This is where you need the quarter, and, 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 and you just toss it. Exactly. And so I don't really have that necessarily um, anymore because I really feel I'm blessed to have the life I have. And I, and so really, um, I can get on a plane and travel if I need to, but it's it's making the right decision for my family and my travel time. And so I have to kind of let it go and know it's going to come back around and, and really kind of take the high road of, I'm so blessed to have the life I have that there's going to be great opportunities that are going to present themselves in my future. Right. And Joy Gordon, the CEO of Dress for Success Mm -hmm. was on the podcast and she was talking about how she was battling with cancer. She's a, she's a breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because with that year of all the chemo and everything, she couldn't speak as often as she was speaking. Mm-hmm. And so she was recently invited to speak in LA, which she is doing. Mm-hmm. And then she got another invite to speak in New York, which meant she would have to take the red eye to be able to do the New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said, I don't think so. I, I just can't do it. So she called the organizers and said, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do it, but can I, I'd love to do the next one Mm -hmm. if that would be okay. And they were like, of course, we'd love to have you. We'd Mm -hmm, love to mm -hmm, have you. mm -hmm. And so it's sometimes it's those moments where you have that lesson in life that if, if it's right, it'll come again. And if it doesn't come again, oh, well, yes. Oh, well. And if you're honest with somebody, like there's been times when I'm like, I I just can't make it happen. And I, and, and then all of a sudden another door opens right away or, or right around the, right around the turn. So I think that when we're younger, the FOMO is plays in huge right? because your priorities are a little yes. different. I think when you just said about your family, you're able to make that your priority mm-hmm. and make your decisions around mm-hmm. that priority mm-hmm. and yes. not have the fear of missing out. I mean, mm-hmm. I would, you know, I would stay up late just when I was a little girl, just because mm-hmm. I didn't want to miss. I wanted to be the last one to go to bed because I didn't want to miss out on anything. And my family was not all that exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're great, but there wasn't anything mm-hmm. that was really, nobody was like mm-hmm. getting drunk mm-hmm. and shooting each other that, that I wanted to, like, exactly. to watch it. So Bobby, is there anything else before we leave? I, we want to get all your Facebook and all that going, but anything you want to tell the listeners, our listeners? Um, I, I'm just so blessed with this opportunity to meet you and you're just, you're amazing. You're, well, just, likewise, you're full of energy you. and you're so beautiful and you're just, I, I am so honored to be here and I really, really appreciate Joy Bauer. Yes. Thank you, Joy. Us. Thank you. And Joy is so 
she's amazing. Like when I met her, it was like, it's like the, the, the stars opened up and the angels sang. And, and when I talked to her on the phone, we both talk so fast. We, and we laugh the whole time because we understand each other without even saying really much at all, which is, which is quite cool. And then I think that's a great message to leave on. When you meet someone, you talk to someone yes. on the phone, like we talked on the phone, mm-hmm. invite them over for coffee or whatever the coffee is, okay? Whatever the yeah. coffee, wine, coffee, whatever exactly. that is, because these are the moments. I just love, love meeting you in person. I'm so glad you're here. And now where can everybody find you? So liveinthevineyard.com. Yes, liveinthevineyard.com. And then um, as far as our different, we have Instagrams, you know, as far as live in the vineyard, Instagram, yachtthelive.com. So that's Y-O-N-T. Y-O-U-N-T. V-I-N-T. L-L-E and then live.com, live in the vineyard.com. And then L, uh, then the parent company, um, that was just created is L I T V entertainment group.com. Right. So we can find you there yes, yes. and go to live in the vineyard and enter and the contest, enter the contest, <laughs> yes. go to Yontville live, buy right. the tickets. It's going to be amazing. I, I have, I have no tie into this. I just think it's a great thing. I want everybody to go enter. <laughs> thank, <laughs> so, Bobby, you. thank you. You have to thank hold hands you. and blow your kids. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. One of the main things that really hit me today was how emotional Bobby was when she was reliving this story about being bullied that happened many, you know, 30 years ago and how real that still was with her. And even though she's come out the other side, how she just lives with that. You know, I think we're just seeing so much bullying these days and it goes so far beyond the playground. And the message I want to leave us all with is let's just keep sticking together and let's stop beating each other up and let's not divide and conquer against each other. Let's just unite and let's make the world a better place. And one really big thing, unlike Bobby's friends, stand up for people who are being knocked down. So thanks so much for joining us today and to get Mentoring Moments the moment it's live every Wednesday. Remember to download new episodes on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com and make sure to rate, review, and share. And check out my show notes on Forbes.com and talk to me. I'm easy to find. I'm always on Twitter at Denise Ristori. And until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And we're the hosts of The Limit Does Not Exist, a podcast for human Venn diagrams. That's right. We talk to people with intersecting interests in the arts, STEM, entrepreneurship, and so much more. The easiest way to explain science to non-scientists is to use art. I worry that we lose a lot of creative engineers because our engineering curriculum is not creative. Education should be about empowering people to become better thinkers, good problem solvers, creative inventors, and ethical caring citizens. Download new episodes of The Limit Does Not Exist every Monday on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. It's time to break the cycle of waste and mess. Time to stop accepting that the way things have been done are the way they should be done. Control-Alt-Delete everything you thought you knew about how to period. We're flipping the script, we're throwing out the book, 
We're challenging the period status quo. The Diva Cup is eco-friendly, reusable, and offers up to 12 hours leak-free protection. So what are you waiting for? Join the inner revolution with the Diva Cup. The Diva Cup is used for menstrual flow only. Always read and follow the user guide. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower... It does not appear to be following, following the rule of law. It is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States, uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.